Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 154. Whoa. Oh, wow. And my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. What? Nice. We got a guest. It's a special episode. It's awesome. He's awesome. Rick. Well, hello, guys. Welcome. You, you guys mentioned me so much that Rick I had to reappear. He's, are you mad? Is, are, it, are you, is it like is, is Beetlejuice? It okay? Like we just said your name enough? That yeah. you just show, you show up. It, it is kind of weird just listening to it and then being mentioned <laughs> <laughs> mentioned frequently throughout Friend it. Friend of the show, yeah. co-host, maybe at this point. We uh, want to know your top ten list. I'm sure it's more important than any of ours. Well, he made it way before we did. Yeah, he's it's got, publicly he's got available. The inside scoop, but I have updated since. Spoiler. Oh, nice. We are here on this special edition of the Vertical Viewing Podcast to review our top ten films of 2017. This would be the second half. Of the Oscar Isaac Awards, right? Part duh. I guess. We've split it into two. Maybe this is just its own thing now. It's not really... We're not really sure. (laughs) (laughs) You can catch all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, wherever you find your podcasts, verticalviewing.com. Click the donate button. That helps us offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show, slicing off a piece of internet pie for your ear every week. Mm-mm-mm. But there's another question people might have, and that's about long-term relationships. It is about long-term relationships, right? You surf the internet over to Patreon.com/slash/VerticalViewing, and you can become a hydrogen, helium, or lithium level supporter of the show mm. for one, two, or three dollars. We don't have a film for January yet. No, we need. So your it's up input to you. For just two bucks, you can tell us what to review. Yeah, any film, not a Serbian film. Sorry. And maybe not Zardoz. I'm down. It's been on the list for years. <laughs> Literally. It's a beaut. Let us know. Go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. You can find reviews already up there that have been suggested by previous patrons. Current patrons, of course. There's Dune. Don't watch it. <laughs> Snowpiercer. Really good. Not good. It's really good. Um, I turn around on that one. Yeah, you did turn around on oh, that. No. Uh, Big Lebowski, of course. There's all sorts of goodies. Jake Gyllenhaal is still stuck in a vault. And a freebie to check it out if you're uh, if, not sure. If you raise enough money on there, then he can let him out. You can go to our Twitter. It's at Vertical Viewing. Facebook. Instagram, as usual. Shadow Band. That's maybe what our entire Twitter handle should be changed to. Just Shadow Band? Yeah. And the the, Shadow Band that's podcast. How I get, yeah, pretty cool. It's like our chronicle, our adventure to get unshadow banned by Instagram. <laughs> our theme song by The Anti Theory. Go to SoundCloud to check him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping to get our Buckaroo Bonsai theme song maybe in use for the intro. There was a cool outro I used last week from the Flintstones game. And a few samples in the in there that episode. There was, was I good. really I, I kind of want to ask the guy who made that Flintstones music for <laughs> SNES if I can use it. For the podcast, it's really good. It is really good. It is really good. <laughs> Shall we get into the show, fellas? Let's do Why it. not? This is complicated. Yeah. We've chosen to switch up our format for the top 10 list. In hopes that we don't repeat the... Com- we can we can talk about movies once for your convenience, listeners. We're not going to go over several... You know, okay, you talked about this and... Yeah, we don't have to like the, skip it later. I don't want to do that. No, no. No. So what we've decided is uh, to group these conversations up. And try and make it less confusing for you, so let us know if we succeed. We'll know if this is a disaster, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So, Red, why don't you kick this off? Well, I'm going to kick things off by letting you know 
What is your top? That number 10. Your bottom. Number 10 on my list is an awesome movie, and someone else is going to talk about it later. Here we go. So I'm going to pass the buck and ask our guest, my man, Rick Chung. You don't want to tease your your bottom movie? Well, I mean... No, he's peeking (laughs) in the book there. You want a little tease? I mean, I'm just going to tap a little... I'm tapping a little rhythm here. Okay. All right. I know what it is. But uh, I'll let Rick... Tell us what his number 10 is. I would love to tell you what my number 10 is, but someone else has it higher. (laughs) Well, uh, how about I start us off then? I was looking over the list, and I got to say, guys, I I don't think this was a fantastic year, but also I'm going to start with a rant here really quickly. Why do you release all of these fantastic films at the end of the year when people are super busy and we don't have time to go see them? Well, some of them like were finished like a month ago too, right? That's true. That's true. Uh, I feel this list might look different a, f- a couple months down the road from now when I get a chance to see everything. But for now, uh, I quite liked War for Planet of the Apes. So oh, great flick. That's my number 10 spot. Mm. Uh, it's not quite as good as Rise. Rise is the second one, right? No, it's Dawn. Rise, Dawn. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Op- yeah. <laughs> also, uh, because there's not as much war in this movie as in Dawn. Oh, uh, yeah. It should go Dawn, no, Dawn, War, Rise, really. Yes, it really should. They fucked the whole thing up. Yeah. Okay. The movie itself is amazing, though. Yes, yes. It's As I said, it's not quite as good as the second entry, uh, but it's still fantastic. Like the emotion. Th- I, I didn't know I needed a prison movie with apes. <laughs> no, like the emotion that comes out of these CG characters uh, that are apes and the humanity is amazing. It's it's fantastic to watch. If you haven't checked out this series, this trilogy, it's one of the best like blockbuster trilogies. Yes, like, probably ever. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. So do yourself a favor, go check it out. I I found the movie maybe too emotional. How, how did you guys feel at the about the, the Deus Ex Machina at the very end? Oh yeah, there's some stuff at the end. Yeah. I felt like it was a Lord of the Rings kind of moment. It just kept going. <laughs> no, yeah. with sort of the way that trying to the scale. Of yeah, the, the scale. The oncoming army. The scale is pretty big. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the only thing that really stands out for me. Yeah, is I, this I agree. Lands this <laughs> the avalanche, avalanche, avalanche that just it's really awesome. There's a scene in it where Woody Harrelson, the Colonel, says literally, "So emotional." <laughs> <laughs> so the movie to me, I love it. I, it didn't quite make my list because it's really bleak, bleak as fuck. You might even say. Yeah, but I was yeah, so I into somewhere. it, like super engaged. I was on the edge of my seat that whole time. I, I recently re- rewatched it. it. It is amazing. Didn't quite sneak in, but mm-hmm. good That's pick. It is. My number 10 is going to come up later. My, <laughs> my, my, my number 10 is a movie that has been... This, this system is working great, guys. This is going to be a gonna, lot of conversation. In I'm going to do a nice tease of my number 10. It's uh, a movie I kind of included because I felt obligated. I kind of included it because it's an important movie. Maybe one of the most important. Oh, I know. I noticed. Uh, this will come out later on. Okay. My number 10 is a great film. Red, do you have a number nine for us? Is I it the do. Emoji movie? <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> Deadly. Um, right? Okay. So my number nine, I'm actually going <laughs> to get to talk about a little bit here. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this is a movie that I really enjoyed uh and that is logan lucky uh, wait is this is this logan with hugh jackman no, no or is no. it lucky with uh harry dean Stanton? no 
Neither. Is it a sequel to both of them? It is neither nor. Stick them together. Neither nor. Ocean 7-Eleven. Yeah, Ocean 7-Eleven. It's the redneck answer to Ocean's Eleven. Greatest Game of Thrones joke ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My God. This actually oh is my on my God. honorable mentions, uh, so Mine. throw that Mine as well. Excellent. I would Excellent. say it's one of the most enjoyable viewing experiences this the, year. I mean, yeah. how, how many other movies were this much fun to see at the theater? Joe Bang, still... Those in, hard-boiled in, eggs. How, how happy was what Daniel Craig for like getting to have fun in a movie? Just, oh, yeah. He to probably totally, paid to be in this movie. I, it, it looks like <laughs> it would have been so hilarious to film this movie. And and even that, just watching it is so much fun. And, and a comeback for Steven Soderbergh as well, right? Yeah, that, that four-year-long retirement. Yeah. Pretending <laughs> that he didn't write it. Like, give me a break. Yeah. And then telling everybody that his wife did, give me a break. Come on, bud. There were some quotations around his tweets that just look really suspect, maybe, right? Maybe she did. What if no. she's written everything? Well, that if that would have to be the case, because it, it's not like she just suddenly wrote this, right? They probably it, wrote it together or if something. If she wrote every With Jules Asner? She's yeah. the host of Wild On, right? No. She works. She, she certainly was. Really? They hired her for wow. her uh, her writing abilities. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. It it didn't make my list because I put this more important quote unquote movie at my number ten. It's it, got stop justifying. You made your list. You it, live, own it. It almost made it in. Cool. Well, that's my number nine. Logan Luck. It's incredible. I very I I appreciate what you just said because I'm like <laughs> you know what I'm putting this on my list and fuck all y'all. So. Yeah, like you, the, our lists are done. The votes have been tabulated. I know I changed mine, but still they're they're, they're, they're done now. Pencils down. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. No, ch- my, no changes then. I really, yeah. My number nine is a movie we saw together. It's I Tanya. Ooh, so cool. I really enjoyed this movie upon, upon first uh, watching, but I I didn't have really have it that high. But it's a movie that's really stuck with me because Margot Robbie's performance is incredible. The ambition with which they tell the story, like I really don't like tend to like biopics. But they just do. They just do a good job of telling her entire life. And there's so many things. They break the third wall. There's this like documentary thing part of it, and then they tell it from different perspectives. It's honestly, it's one of the more like like Logan Lucky. It's just so enjoyable to watch. Yeah, the performances mm, are great. Nice. The guy who plays uh, the idiot's uh, bodyguard is hilarious. Your boy. Yeah, this guy. He he read my review and thanked me for it. So, <laughs> oh, nice. Know. Rick's tight with this dude. Yeah, That's Paul awesome. uh, Paul W. Hauser, uh, and like all the performances, like Sebastian Stan as Jeff Galuli with that ridiculous mustache. It's really good. It's 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 a movie that's you know sometimes you see a movie and it just grows with you, grows and you're just like I mean I really like that right. Mm-hmm. And then some movies you're like oh like you're such a high after watching it and it kind of lessens. This has grown and like if you told me like uh, I had to like I could watch this movie like anytime. And the fact that it's like. Brought all this stuff up about like our culture and like that what happened that time. I think it's really fascinating. I think this movie is going to last uh, the test of time. I yes. think so. I yeah. can't wait to see it. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. The testimonials are hilarious. They're like these direct to the camera, you know, sort of dialogues with each character breaking the fourth wall, as you said, talking about the movie as it's going. I love Allison Janney, her mom. Oh my god! At about two thirds of the way through the movie, she. She hasn't been. You haven't seen her in a while. And she comments on it, and she says, "Well, I'm dropping out of this fucking movie, like <laughs> like some bullshit or something." She comments on how she's not in the movie for <laughs> she, where the fuck have I been? 
And little, if, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the ice skating, but it's like not really filmed that interestingly, right? Because the camera just follows them. Yeah. But apparently the DP said to the director, uh, Craig Gletzky, he was like, hey, you know, I can skate, right? And he was like, what? So a lot of the film, he was like on skates on the oh, ice. no way. And oh, the way it's like, tra- like it, it's filmed is like, ama- it makes figure skating it's look innovative. incredible. Yeah. And just like the way they got around, because like it's obviously they didn't have like it looks good. Yeah, like they didn't have real figure skate. Like they had to like do some cheating for a lot of stuff. And like for the most part, it looks really good. Sweet. I mean, it's no Blades of Glory. I'll tell you, nothing is. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. (laughs) Mike, Uh, what is your number? Well, my number nine pick is. I'll have to come back to the shelter to talk about it later. Oh my god! Why? Why? It's on someone else's list. It's on someone else's list. My, Turns out we like the same movies, <laughs> mostly. Funny, <laughs> funny that. Is there any hint you want to drop? I he did. said he has to come back he to the did. shelter later. Oh, I get it. I get it. So I get it. My number nine is also on someone else's list. <laughs> you, you, yeah, this one is is quietly made my list. Hmm. I guess we can say very quietly. I see. Mm-hmm. In in a very calming, soothing kind of way. Hmm. Red. Do you, do you have a number eight to discuss, or is it going to get skipped? I do, in fact, have an eight to discuss. Ooh. What's your number eight? Uh, it's a very recent watch. Snuck off to the theater during the day on my additional week off. Oh, Gosh, love I love being a teacher. I know this. Um, I went to International Village, and I saw The Shape of Water. Nice. And that is my number eight pick for this year. Uh, this movie reminded me of, I think I discovered Guillermo del Toro, like how much I loved his work with Penn's Labyrinth. And this reminded me often of, uh, what was going on in Penn's Labyrinth. Like there's some, a scene with Michael Shannon and, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but there's a Russian doctor and he has him like laid out on a pile of sawdust Intense. and I was really concerned that he was going to start smashing his face in because of uh, the champagne bottle in uh, in Pan's Labyrinth. But uh, no, this movie was really cool. I thought that this was uh, an Abe Sapien joint. Not. Not at all. Well, not it, even it close. Could be. It, it, it's not. It's, it's not, not. It's not. Not an Abe. Sapien. No, it's definitely not. Like <laughs> like Guillermo has tweeted straight. Like specifically. Like it is most specifically not. Oh, you literally thought it was about that character I, from, I, from I Hellboy. I did. Can you see why? The fishman. Yeah. <laughs> right. I honestly haven't seen Hellboy in so long. Uh, it doesn't make a difference. They, to they me. look very similar. And when you when you see the trailer, you're like, I could be. It's not. It's totally not. Cool. I think perhaps you see from Guillermo del Toro, and then you see a fish guy come out, and you could say, "Oh, cool! This is a prequel." But or cool. maybe like a, an ant. But the timing and none of that works, and so it's totally not. I think I'm going to ask him to make a Bloodborne movie anyway. But, but this, no, that, the that direction. Works. Not only is this like a cool like character to see, like a creature. That's almost beside the point. The direction in this, the score in this, which won a Golden Globe, right? Uh, everything feels so unique and the characters are so well developed michael shannon is this just awesome security guy candy crunching with his fingers like rotting that's a great uh, sort of extension of his personality and his character yeah rotting rick and i on our review 
I guess I only liked the, the Shape of Water. I loved our review of the Shape of Water. Yeah, it was quite good. <laughs> no, it was really good. Yeah. It was really that's good. actually next on his list. Yeah. No, no, but no, no, the no. review. That's the number two. What we what we <laughs> talked about was sort of the that rotting finger and and, and it sort of commenting on Michael Shannon's yeah. rotting I can see character. That being a rich so conversation. He he's great in the movie. You should listen to it sometime. Michael Shannon. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So that was my number eight. Number eight. Now eight. you know how to give sign language to say fuck you oh, that to somebody is so <laughs> it's a great Wait, moment, I thought, I thought, I thought she was thanking him because you know yeah. what I've done that with an authority video once and it doesn't go as well as it goes if you're doing it in sign language <laughs> it's pretty good eh yeah. I want to talk to you about the ending later on but yeah I didn't get a chance to see it yet so I'm okay. sad we, yeah. we won't do that to you Rick my number eight which I can talk about is Ruben Oslin's The Square, oh, which I saw at uh, the Vancouver International Film yeah. Festival. We all we, got, we all got to see this crazy thing. So I would say if you would ask me right after the festival, this was like my I just like I was such on such a high watching this movie just because how sort of like uh, how much it skewers like contemporary society. How like we're all villains really, and we're all doing terrible stuff. Uh, it's, it's, I still really enjoy it. It is like long. There are some issues with it, but it's so ambitious and like, it's so, it's so hilarious. Some of the things and the way it talks, discusses like masculinity and like, you know, the nature of like modern art (laughs) and just like, there's so many gags, like a guy has a baby a really old guy has a baby for no reason. And no one knows why no one addresses it. And the stuff with, uh, uh, Elizabeth Moss having sex, and uh, one of the artists who just like wears pajamas. There's so many little things in it, and uh, I mean, I really liked uh, Force Majeure. Uh, I don't think this is quite as good. The uh, the square, the, um, the square. It's everything. The the scene with the uh, performance artist at the dinner in the oh, in yeah. the monkey. Like to me, that's an inc- that's incredible. I, yeah, I, that's the climax of the so movie. Good. I wish it hadn't. I wish it wouldn't had been all in advertisement. I wish it hadn't played before every single movie at VIF. Yeah, I know. No, but I'm I, even even though it did, and it's I, so I, uncomfortable. I do agree with you. But just the the way that it goes on way longer than oh, than anyone anticipates it going, and like the and the, how you, par- the, the discomfort that you just mentioned, everyone feels that, and, and to how me, paralyzed the, everyone is. That's the most like artistic moment of the whole film that every viewer. Is having a visceral visceral response during that scene. It's also they got Terry Notary, who is like the other ape. Koba. Guy. He he no he no, didn't play no, Koba, was Koba. He, wasn't he? He played another ape in. Oh, he's I like the second main ape guy from uh, uh, Andy Circus. No, but Koba he, was. Uh, he did play Kong in Skull Island. That's though. right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this the square which is very entertaining, but not that good. <laughs> it's not going to be on the list. Okay. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> the, the square is is crazy. I think a rewatch would probably be really rewarding for that. What one. I like about the square is just the humanity, and oh. it is really funny and just in. The the first half of it is such a joy to watch, and then it becomes a little harder to watch, but it's still good. It's like, kind of like curb your enthusiasm a little bit. Well, I just love how how it, like right the the inciting incident here where the wallets are stolen, and these guys are just genuinely proud of standing up and helping a human out, and then you're just. <laughs> or the conversation after uh, the main guy has sex with Elizabeth, and she just confronts him about it. 
and it's like so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, do you usually have sex with like? I'm like, uh, yeah, I I've done it before. And, and things at the parties, there's just so like when you think about it, it's like so hilarious. But yeah, it, like the ending, it's pretty uncomfortable. It is super long for like an out and out comedy. I felt the last half hour. Right? Scott loves yeah. the cheerleaders. Loses all. <laughs> oh man, the movie really felt like less of a masculinity check that more of a like dissection of i guess the upper classes and taking down like high scale society is that's what i got out of it and the square being this place where everybody is equal right anyone in the square we all share equal rights right if you're rich or poor it doesn't matter except um, the poor can't yeah, they, they yeah, don't like, exist in the square most of the time. Yeah, those viral videos that they make, and like, like when he gets his wallet stolen, right? Like he has no money. He's he is a poor man technically. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot going on, and I feel like the movie is kind of all over the place. But oh, it is definitely all over the place. It's really cool. It's so ambitious. Yeah. Uh, normally, like when it won the the Palme d'Or can, and normally those movies can be very like a little stuffy and like very. Mm-hmm. I thought this was very like very penetrable. Penetrable. That's right. Not Appro- only accessible, approachable. approachable, penetrable. You can break through it. Yeah. Check it out. Very phallic of you, Rick. Just make nice. sure to keep that condom. See, <laughs> oh see, man, see, yeah, yeah cinematic in the in the square. <laughs> Mike, uh, well, so your number eight, number eight. I can talk about. Uh, I went back and forth on this one, but I really like for lots of reasons. I really liked Wonder Woman this year. Ooh, it. Uh, it, it was a female-led action movie done right, and I, yes. I like just just because of that, I really wanted it on my list to talk about it. Like this, yeah, this it's so huge, joyous. Yes, like it's the ending has its issues. Oh, the ending for is sure. garbage. Like the, the ending is all, not good. Um, there's a mustache that needs to be removed, yeah, digitally what? removed from this movie. <laughs> I, how does he keep his mustache when he becomes a monster? I, oh God, it's pretty silly. Uh, but everything else, like the lead, agree. Up, also, I wanted this to be on my list too. It like, also makes makes no sense to that character is the villain right the mustache is really the yeah, villain fuck that it's like venom is a symbiote <laughs> <laughs> but like just, gal gadot does such a great job of just being genuinely interested in the world and she just takes such pleasure in being out there and has <sighs> such a great energy and the build-up to the no man's land scene that that scene is yeah is is it's so like so much of this movie is done well the direction is incredible yeah um, yeah. So hats off to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot for pulling this off and proving that it can be done. Yeah, good action movies, good superhero movies, good comic book movies can happen. And I don't think anyone doubt. That's the well, thing. No one no, was doubting that Wonder Woman a... could be done well. Like I think a lot of women out there were sitting there saying like Wonder Woman would be so fucking dope, and it's why pro- don't they make it? I'm getting so well, bored and, of and this that's, shit. That's the thing. Not a, the masses. Let's say didn't doubt that it could be done studios studios ridiculous. doubted that of it course. could be done of course so i that's why i thought it was so important and D, like in the dc universe wonder woman's the only like i i want to see wonder woman 2 i could give a shit about anything else marvel still hasn't learned this lesson they finally greenlit a black yeah Widow film, after right? red, no, no. after red sparrow it's, a script is being written yeah that's all they've greenlit a script yeah. from, from, the, from that, the writer of Olaf's Foes and Adventure, which was yeah. atrocious. Mike's right. That Jennifer Lawrence movie, Red Sparrow, that's is coming out basically yeah. the Black Widow. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they're they're a little late to that party, I think. But Wonder Woman's a great pick. I I yeah. I would also slip in a recommendation for Professor Marsden and the Wonder Women, which also came out this year. Yeah. I've heard about that. I like. 
It's about. I, I have yet. That's to a check kinky it. movie. I heard. Oh, it's yeah, and very people, explicit. But I but like asterisk that the people that actually own the rights to like the actual family that it's about like oh it's a very fictitious like, yeah this yeah. is not real they didn't fuck. that's a, i like luke evans i'll probably check it out at some point he's good my number eight is on someone else's list oh dang it and higher and it's higher and this movie this movie came out like almost a year ago whoa and fuck yeah this movie Fuck yeah! I know is what I, I know what you're talking. So you like you, you liked it so much that someone else put it higher on their list. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. how much you Scott liked this movie. You're yeah. so excited. If I think so, the person who probably put it higher than me has less has, has like more shame than me. Maybe I don't. I don't know how that would work. Less proud. Uh, no, no. They dissing were, dissing the rest of my show here. Okay, yeah. 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 But what is Just your number? More, maybe more secure in their opinions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there it is. Not going to be updating this list tomorrow. Yeah, I want to update my list now. Like I'm thinking, there's movies that need to be on my top ten that aren't. <laughs> well, like, well, that's why we're talking about it anyway. We put the pencils down. I when thought. do we have the uh, honorable mentions? Like you, you I guess get after number pepper one. them in at yeah. the end, right? Okay. What's your number seven though? Well, my seven is pretty good. It's. It's so good that someone else liked it even more than me. <laughs> Shit, yeah. 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 Rick? My number seven. I got a lot of comedies on my list, which is surprising. Nice. Yeah. You got Girls Trip there? <laughs> no, I don't. Wait, it would have ruined my number seven. Jumanji? Uh, Jumanji's great, guys. Yeah, I've heard I that. I really want to see it. <laughs> so much fun. Sequel coming to that yeah. in five, four. Jumanji has made so much money. Anyways, my number seven is <laughs> a, a comedy Starring a South Asian gentleman from Pakistan. It's The Big Six starring oh, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Nice. Nanjiani. This movie is hilarious. Um, it's touching. Didn't it's so to touching it. as being someone who's of uh, not South Asian, but Southeast Asian descent. A lot of parallels about being raised uh, the child of immigrants, being someone, I'm a writer. You know, a lot of parallels about, you know, loving your family, but like breaking away from them. And the love story between him and his wife. It's just crazy. This is a romantic comedy where the romantic lead, and this is not a spoiler because it's the premise of the movie, she like leaves the story for like mo- like well, the entire middle section of the movie and comes back at the end. And I've, I've, I've been a big fans of Kamala and his wife, Emily V. Gordon, for years. And I've heard them tell the story a billion times on podcasts and stuff. And just like watching it, it's just so good. And like the, the, all the jokes, all the comedians. It's a really good movie about stand-up comedy too. Um, I think it's really great, and uh, you know, it's something I'm gonna be watching for years to come. Yeah, are all those comedians actually like? Were they the ones that were there? No, I don't okay. think so. That's too bad because I could totally see that group of people performing together. That would be cool. Where are they? They're, are they in Chicago? Yeah, the movie takes yeah. place in Chicago, where they lived before they moved to uh, New York and LA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great premise, right? This romantic comedy kind of happening twice, right? You you fall in love with the girl, and then you kind of have to. Meet the parents, and I love the parents. Uh, yeah, so Ray Romano good. and uh, oh, what's her name? Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Hunter. So she, good. She's kind of getting lost in the mix, I think, to Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird. Like, uh, I feel like Holly Hunter and it's, it's not Big a sh- Sick is totally award worthy. It's, it's not a showy role, right? She's just a really good mother that yeah. really cares about her, her daughter. I was always like, Kazan is great in the, the movie too, considering. She has to leave the movie. You identify with her, and the way that relationships unfold. Like, I mean, like I'm sure like a lot of that stuff has happened to you, to all of us in relationships. Uh, like, it's you know, it's it's a really a heartwarming movie about 
family, love, and sickness. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm glad Judd Apatow didn't direct it and make it three hours long. Oh, that is a little long, though, still. But is Michael, it? Michael, Michael, I don't remember it being... Michael Showalter, really good direction from him. He's one of the cast members of... Uh, the State and Stella. And also Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, yeah he's yes. the co-writer. He's yeah. the guy who says, I want you inside me. He played uh, Reagan. Yeah, he. I I didn't recognize him from the original. He's one of the like, funniest guys. He changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, he was super skinny. Yeah. he's gained a lot of he, weight. He, he just looks like a my, normal guy now. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite moments in Wet Hot American history. <laughs> yeah, in the original, but the exchange is about the, the is sweater. Is that the big textbook you have? The Wet Hot American history. <laughs> it's when they're when they're in the the barn and and they're like, she's like, I'm cold. Can I have your sweater? And he's like, Yeah. And then he's like, I'm cold. Can I have your sweater? <laughs> and then he asked for his own sweater back. So she's got less than she started with. Yeah, that's the whole. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's a great pick. It really is. Nicely done. Uh, what, what do you have at number, number seven? Number seven is on someone else's list. Oh. So, yeah. Do you tease it? Yeah, it's. It, it deals. <laughs> you really with, want these teases, Scott? It's cool. I it like deals, it. you know. It deals a lot with stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, the stuff and thing. Yeah, you know. Is that Will Ferrell movie where he throws everything out for sale on his front lawn? Everything must go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's on a time limit, that's for sure. Oh. Ooh. Fuck. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I feel like I, I, no one has really gotten to talk about movies except for me. Huh. <laughs> hey, I mentioned a couple. We're good. I have one. We're getting into the meat here. So Number we're going to start. I have num- number seven on my list is one that no one has Ooh, on anyone's list. Their list. It is the killing of a sacred oh, deer. Nice, it's on there. Oh sacred yeah, deer. It's an honorable mention for me. Yeah, me too. It's really good. It's so messed up. It's so messed up. Uh, it, I think it's on par with the lobster. I think. Oh, it really? Might be a little better. Really? Oh no, man! I, the lo- I don't know. The I lobster's lo- amazing. Lobster's incredible. It, the lobster might be more of like an all timer, but I think. Killing of a Sacred Deer is such a twisted, comedic look at such a dark topic, right? Lobster was much more of, hey, a romantic comedy twisted in this weird fantasy kind of fable kind of thing. With a healthy dose of cynicism. Yeah. Whereas Killing of a Sacred Deer is a straight up horror comedy where the funniest shit is about watches being water resistant up to 300 meters. (laughs) 250 meters. 250 meters. And talking about how... You thought you were the only person who ate spaghetti by twirling it on a fork. Everybody that spaghetti, spaghetti scene was ridiculous. This, I, if you I want, want a whole video, oh of my god! Spaghetti. Just yeah, Barry Keegan, the the poor Georgie from Dunkirk. It's a good year for him. It is. He is so ridiculous in this movie, and I, I just love the way he's ki- chilling. He's so. It's too bad he's going to be in good. Ready Player One. No, he's not. He is the main. That's not him, is it? Isn't it? Isn't he? No. Every, every, like everyone's in that movie. The the way that the relationship begins with Colin Farrell and Barry Keegan is so bizarre, and you don't really know the nature of it as it starts. Yeah, big question mark. And it starts to unfold. You th- are they father and son? No. Okay, he yeah, owes them something. Okay, what? Teacher. And it gets more and more sinister as the film goes on, to the point where everything that's happening is so darkly funny, and so twisted and black and I feel like Stanley Kubrick's favorite movie of 2017 is Killing of a Sacred Is 100%. One of my favorite tidbits about that movie is uh, you know how like his movies are like a little like 
who Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos. Little like off kilter, like the dialogue is still still. They wrote that movie in Greek because he's Greek, and they just translated it. Oh, so man. it doesn't it doesn't quite fit, and it works perfectly. Google Translate. But I feel like Colin Farrell and Yorgos Lanthimos, like they have That's an discovered team, yeah. an amazing like synergy between the dialogue not making sense but then Colin Farrell having this deadpan bizarre Nicole Kidman delivery. too in that movie she's incredible it's and a good year for them the beguiled in this yeah this this weird sexual nature of their relationship in this reminds me of great stealth Alicia Silverstone performance Phantom Thread is yeah the, Alicia Silverstone yeah she's she in plays this, Barry Keaton's mom yeah uh, she's kind of unrecognizable there, I love it. That one scene between uh, him and Cher uh, Horowitz, that's for sure. No. Oh, she could be. The, uh, th- this movie, I think, is one that I th- I will go back to and find new things. Um, it's, a, it's a hard watch, though, especially as it barrels towards... The way it ramps up towards the... The ending. Yeah, and, that's oh, so tense. Some, yeah. There's some spinning happening that's pretty insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it's so darkly you, funny. You it's, have no idea how the movie's going to end. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I, don't, I, I can see why none of you have it on your list and mm-hmm. why it didn't make it higher on mine. It, do, it doesn't go to the level that Lobster does. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not an easy movie to like really love. Yeah, it's, it's fairly obtuse and very bizarre it feels like kind of just like a one for him that's like a director's <laughs> one choice you one for me yeah. yeah yeah red what do you have number six number six i believe someone else may have on their list but i've got it highest Ooh. and this is a movie that reminded us that when m night Shyamalan oh. is working at the top of his game he makes really really exciting and entertaining character, like weird character movies. And this movie, number six, is Split. It's incredible. Rick hasn't seen it. I saw it. You saw Split. James McAvoy. I Yeah, James like McAvoy. Not, 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 it's fine. Not his thing. Red, why is... The ending is the best part. Well, yeah. Oh, isn't it ever. The stinger. I mean, the response, like you said the other week, Scott, and I agree that I haven't had a response to... A moment like that, maybe since uh, the twist in uh, Incendies. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Yeah, like, one of those shockers right to the core. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, when I, I rewatched Split the other day, and when I did so, I, I had flashbacks to how I felt when I saw it in the theater for the first time, like a year ago, buzzing at what is happening in the final scene. Don't want to ruin it, unless you're... No, keep it. Well, keep I mean, it if you're a big fan, well, yeah, it's weird now, right? But if if you're a big fan of M Night, then the ending to this movie has so many amazing implications. Yeah, but is it still really, really good without that, that ending? Yeah, I do. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, that's what, especially McAvoy's performance as as Michael brought up. Um, I think that that his, his performance is great. Yeah, yeah, um, and the whole sort of toying with your whether or not what he's saying is true you know like is the what's going on with the beast like what the fuck is going on well he's being dishonest with what character he is at any given yeah. moment oh, right when so you, when you realize is, what's going on kevin is the overall you know the the person like their photo id he's the vehicle would yeah. say kevin on it but then he's got all these other personalities that are battling and there's this like amazing society almost 
that's inside of his own mind There's and this little community complex web of sociological connections and relationships that are all occurring within him. Yeah, the, the way that his psychiatrist talks about like the light, right? And who has who's got the light? Who's got the light? And they're they're forcing others to keep others out of the light. That stuff I thought was really complicated and cool, kind of like Dreamcatcher, right? Stephen King, remember they're in the guy's what is it called? His mental depository, <laughs> whatever, oh, with all the files, and he's burning files and shit. And I haven't actually watched. I can't believe Dreamcatcher has infiltrated this. It's not the yeah, conversation. I was, I was about. <laughs> Damn, we just soiled the whole podcast. Yeah, that is not number six. <laughs> yeah, but my my um my number nine, I believe number eight was Split. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's higher up my list. Uh, This this movie, without the final twist that has broader implications for other movies, in fact, which is crazy, the movie works on its own because it's so sort of fucked up and mature for M. Night's overall career. I feel like he's touching on subject matter that really he hasn't maybe had the balls to go into before in his career. It's like child abuse and self-harm and there's all sorts of dark dark stuff happening in this movie and the way that 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 stuff kind of gets flipped and this this beast character is looking for those who are pure of heart and what exactly pure of heart means in this universe is fucked up oh it's really scary it definitely is a step up from killer pollen oh yeah yeah yeah. talking to talking to bushes in this movie happening (laughs) ever happened yes the uh, the music I think in Split is also very good. terrifying. The the way that the beast sounds like just these strange ambient furniture moving sounds and like it's way different than the other movies it might be connected to. I don't want this movie's so hard to talk about. It's <laughs> fucked. Um, but yeah, Split is amazing. It's okay. I think it's awesome. I think it's, it's really good too. In fact, I think it's number six. It's, uh, it's an honorable mention for yeah. me. Rick, what is your number six? My number six uh, was on someone else's list, and I'm assuming it's Scott's because I don't think Red knew this was a movie, and I don't think Michael has seen it. Uh, I saw this at Biff, but it also played as the opening film of the Vancouver Asian Film Festival. It's uh, Columbus, starring mm. John Cho. I do know that this movie exists, and uh, you do now. <laughs> He wants to see it. No, he's, he's been I, into I this. I do, yeah. I mean, I, I, might, it's very good. I might watch it with my wife. Yeah, um, it's like it's from Kokonaga, who's famous for, as a video essayist. And it's one of the most beautifully composed uh, movies I've seen all Visually year. or just Visually, entirely? Yeah. So, like, the way he frames each thing. There's a whole there's a scene. It's probably my favorite scene in the movie where it uh, the camera just it doesn't move. And you see a character in a, in a mirror. And the two characters in, go back and forth. And it's... I, it's so brilliant, even though he really doesn't do anything with the way he blocks his characters. Like he must have like had to like make sure that room was just right so this scene could be pulled off. And the way it like talks about architecture, family, um, it's a really spare movie, but it's like so beautiful. Uh, you know, it makes me want to go to Indiana. Yeah, Columbus, Indiana, uh, not Ohio. Not, why, like what? <laughs> not an exciting place. Really. No. So apparently, like apparently in real life, it's just one of these places that has become sort of a mecca for really good architecture. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Yeah, the That's whole weird. town has all of these. It just happens. Pieces. Yeah. yeah, these really amazing, almost like art pieces, but they're buildings. They right? would be art. Pieces, and I love yeah. John Cho, and this is one of his, his best uh, roles, and he gets 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 to be the star 
of the romantic lead. Uh, Haley uh, Lou Richardson is incredible. Amazing. Uh, also from Split. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. John Cho, I'm still waiting for him to per- give her a superior performance to uh, Harold and Kumar. Oh, oh well, then he, he's his debut as uh, MILF guy number two in American Pie. <laughs> yes. He yeah. popularized that sailing. Yeah, yeah. The term MILF. I wonder who wrote it, but. W- was I right, Scott? It's John Cho as no, I'm not about the MILF creator. Of course, you're definitely right, Rick. You're, you're definitely right. Yeah, Columbus is on my list. It is number nine. Wow. I love it. It's amazing. I've said this many times. It's, it's, it is an architecture book, a big old coffee table book with a movie trapped inside of it. Like imagine one of those art books with big, fat, glossy pages, glossy pages with really awesome pictures. Go to this, you know, cool statue thing and little captions. Yeah. This was created in 19. You jump in there. You have I, want, awesome I want to movie. live in this movie. It's so good looking. Yeah, exactly. And the emotion, like uh, the, the characters are wonderful too. But it also comments on them as they're interested in architecture. At least Haley Lou Richardson, right? She's yeah. going to art school for architecture. So th- is this like it's a lost in- incorporated into the movie? Is this like a lost in translation kind of? Deal? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, because yeah. she's very young. Uh, no, they're not like. I don't want to like. They're not really. They're not like dating in the movie or anything like that. And it's it's one of these sort of like we cross paths briefly. Also, like yeah, know? like it's their, but their it relationship is, is a little ambiguous. It is very much though a lost in translation kind of vibe. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. slower tonal. Just with just stick it into a cool town full of architecture. Take it from uh, like Tokyo, Tokyo and put it into Indiana, yeah. Yeah. Columbus, yeah, the birthplace of uh, Mike Pence, of course. <laughs> Mike. Uh, number six, I can talk about it because it's the highest on the list. So, I quite enjoyed Star Wars The Last Jedi. What? Yeah, right. I enjoyed it a lot, despite all of the controversy and criticism. I It still is, at this moment in time, my favorite Star Wars film. Awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. This was actually my number seven. Uh, I agree that this movie was so entertaining and awesome and i love people are con- like complaining about the new direction or the the decisions that were made in this to sort of end storylines or create it, new storylines and i i'm totally on board yeah. i think it was great is it your favorite star wars film uh, empire favorite, is pretty good you favorite guys. is hard to say because nostalgia plays such a strong role in in Star Wars. You're right. Empire films. is really good. Actually, before that, Return of the Jedi was my favorite. No, oh. n- not yeah. to take away. There, are, there are people who think that Last Jedi is the best. It and, uh, and why do you think so? I just love the direction it took, like expanding the universe in a way that just hasn't really been done before. And bold, uh, very bold. Yeah, right? like it. It, it made so some bold choices. It's, yeah, it really goes places. It uh, like. What happened with Luke? A lot of people are complaining about that, but it was a very human, <laughs> like it was a very human response, hey, right? He the, made an epic mistake and just retreated away from the the universe, which, as I pointed out in an earlier episode, had been done by several other Jedi yes, for different him. for very different reasons. Yeah, uh, so that was fantastic. I I don't know. I just enjoy. I had a stupid smile on my face the whole movie. I, it just it resonated with me so well. Like mm-hmm. this was this was the Star Wars that I wanted it to be. I have to point out, Scott. I think in criticism, just did the uh, shoulder dust off that Luke does in uh, 
at one point in <laughs> the last it's Jedi. It's really cheesy. No, I have it's to point It's such a fan wank off moment. Like that's for the fans just to get to blown. be fair. To be fair, yeah, it's, that's not not really something organic to the universe, right? <laughs> to be fair, this already happened like 12 years ago i think grievous did it in one of the well, prequels and i'm gonna point out that's not a really great justification of that i'm just gonna point out people dust off their clothes like yeah if i mean it's on my if, shoulder sometimes well i mean if I they exist in off. that moment yeah like okay <laughs> i'm just gonna it's such a yeah. it's such a great i don't think he... fuck you to kylo it's like <laughs> What's up? How, can Kylo's, see, is what it Ky- is. Kylo's sitting up in a weird one of those gorilla walkers? And no, he's can in his he, ship. Can he see that shit? Can he see him dust off his shoulder? Uh, he, totally, he totally can. Feel it. He, he can totally feel can. It. He can the feel force. the force. Yeah. yeah, like every just how uh, just to stay on it for a minute. How Luke became this Jedi Master that used the Force in a way that nobody has really done before was fantastic. Like that projection, the way it all tied in at the end, the two sons, like. This was a very satisfying Star Wars tale for me. Mm-hmm. I, even though the central, we got to run away faster, it was kind of stupid. Yeah, we could maybe lose that I liked, part. I liked everything else around it. Like, well, even Canto Bite? Well, I, actually, you know what? I didn't, I didn't mind that. I like people, it. I think it's like the new Mos Eisley Cantina. Like people are it's gonna, not at yeah, all. People are totally going to be... As I in, mentioned in, in our future, very long review, it, it looked... Less gaudy, like look more normal than like real casinos, like Niagara Falls. Yeah, so. which is so weird. This if, one more thing about the Last Jedi is it. There's a lot of prequely stuff in here that I've seen complain about, like BB-8 walking on legs uh, and those racing things at Canto Bite. But I'm okay with that. Like that's still Star Wars. The prequels yeah. are still there. Like this, I found ties all of it together very well. But that's that's okay. I I, I good pick. didn't I did not think about putting it on my list, but it is a really good movie. I, I don't know. I'm we'll just see. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. We'll so. see. I I used to be. I think I'm getting overloaded though. They cannot release the Han Solo movie in like four months. Like, I don't give a, I am. I don't give a shit this. about that. Actually, I know like, it's gonna bomb. It's gonna bomb. What's well, it's it's supposedly coming out still in May, and That's we ridiculous. there's been no Nothing. press. My yeah. only criticism Star There's Wars no poster. Star Wars isn't special anymore, and that's what the Last Jedi told me. Is and that's kind of almost the point of the Last Jedi is that it's not special. It's that the after like, the I, Force is for everybody, and Star Wars is for everybody. Oh God, that throne room fight scene. Anyway, I, I would be cool with not seeing a Star Praetorian Wars movie for like ten guard. years after Last Jedi. Yeah, let's let's put. I want it to breathe. Let's yeah. put some breathing space here. Well, yeah, Empire had a similar reaction with some people, right? Like it pushed the boundaries. Yeah, it's, it did it's things funny. that fans didn't want. But yeah. so. because Empire uh, left on a cliffhanger, whereas like I feel like Last Jedi's ending is quite satisfying. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have liked what we got. Maybe as the ending to episode nine, yeah, not eight. It's it's in a weird spot for me. But I like to I like where they're going because I want to see a trilogy where it, it doesn't have like. I feel like we're just re saying a <laughs> yeah. lot of stuff. More anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, we should we can take a break after this. But my number six is Briggsby Bear. That was my I'm number glad, ten. Yeah, I'm glad that this is on here. That's my number nine. Okay, so this is on other lists. This movie made me cry. No one saw this movie, by the way. I know it's a it's a real crime, and Produ- everyone should see this movie. I, I cried Produced so by the Lonely Island and Lord multiple times. I rewatched this last week, and I just was bawling like a baby. Like Mark Hamill, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This movie, Kyle if, Mooney. If you don't know anything so about it, it's hard. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it is 
it is. It's the disaster artist meets the room. Meets room. Sorry. Yeah, there is some disaster. Which artist. is hilarious. I, I thought that this was much better than disaster artist. I, I, disaster artist is fine, but this is a similar thing. Of I'm putting my heart and soul into something that might not be good, but it's hopefully it's accepted by the people who love it. Um, this Brigsby Bears also about assigning your identity to a piece of pop culture and you know how much that affects you my favorite part of that movie is when uh kyle mooney realizes there are other movies oh yeah <laughs> yes yeah there that are other incredible movies. i like all as scott all often mentions that when he just tries to describe like every movie he, ever he like yeah. describes the hero's journey as though he's the only one to ever yeah, yeah. think of imagine it. he's not on the bad side he's on the good side <laughs> that, that that scene where he like interacts with a girl for the first time is also hilarious because you obviously know his uh situation yeah there's there's a bit of blast from the past going on right well, the, the bomb, social bomb shelter fish out of water in regular society the the one thing that does kind of bring it down for me a little bit is that the characters he's hanging out with these millennial fucking snot-nosed kids, they talk like the most... Like, if you just listen to them talk, it is the most obnoxious-sounding... So it's just, so it's just highly accurate. Yeah, I was going to say. It, it really How is. How does that bring it down, man? Yeah. Like, it, I guess it doesn't bring authentic. it down, but I, I feel like my friends hopefully don't sound like that. Well, I, I thought you weren't a millennial. I don't know. I, I also know how I sounded when I was that age, and I'm... Pretty sure it was maybe some different words, but yeah. a very similar tone. Yeah. It, to, to me, it's it's the reason why it touches me so deeply is it's about, literally, about getting your friends together and making a movie. It's like being creative. And being creative and doing something... You love. You love, yeah. And, and it has such a great message. And people accepting that. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, and like family. Uh, it's, it's like being yourself. Just yeah. being yourself and finding people that... Yeah, trying not to force things on, on others... I'd yeah. like to see a comparison of Tracy Letts' father figure from Lady Bird, and then is it Matt Walsh? Yeah, he's the dad in Brigsby Bear. Matt Walsh and Michaela Watkins, who are very hilarious comedians, who are like so serious yeah, in this movie. That surprised me. Yeah, yeah. I just I want to. Whenever I have dinner now, I want to shake everybody's hand oh, and say, my. "May your lives be stronger tomorrow." There's so many little touches in that movie that you're like, "Where did they get that from?" Like the handshaking yeah. thing, and um, it's it's such an enjoyable movie. I wish it took it to a higher level. Like some of the acting, Kyle Mooney isn't the strongest actor. And I don't think the movie even is really reaching for anything higher than just this heartwarming, kind of quirky. I think they were thing. They were careful not to make the movie too weird. Yeah, because it is pretty weird. Or even tried to make it reaching for this yeah, really not too serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. They struck it perfectly. Yeah, the ending is just mwah. when you have that little Brigsby sort of. He dissolves right in the background, <laughs> and then he's hugging his friends, and it's it's all just how can you hate, man? If you hate Brigsby Bear, then something seriously wrong something with you. Broken inside you. Uh, we can get to our top five momentarily, but do you guys want to go and take a piss or whatever? Have yeah, a beer? We'll take a break, and uh, you know, listeners. Uh
I guess we can get back into this. Maybe? Can we? We could... No, let's just, guys, just quit right now. Yeah. We just stop right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, We're halfway there. Let's just I mean, count back people up. People have been waiting yeah. for the 10 through 5. The, the, the 5 through 1 is just relevant. Yeah, who cares, yeah. right? 10 through 6 is where I want it. That's I'm, my money game right I'm, there. I assume we all have downsizing, number one. Red? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? It was actually Suburbicon. Oh. oh burn. That's too bad. Burn. What is your number 5, though? Is that where we're at here? I believe that's... We are at number five. That's that would make sense. Start Flatliners since... is my number one, Fuck guys. Oh, stop fucking around. Oh, bright. <laughs> guys, bright? No, no. <laughs> Lit, you mean? Uh, so that's the, a sequel. The next movie that I wanted to mention, I actually can't mention, because as much as I liked it... Someone liked it more. Somebody liked it more. So I'm going to sink into uh, oh, somewhere else. I get, I get it. And, I get uh, it. I get it. Uh, move around the circle. Rick, Rick, what's going on? <laughs> Rick. Come out of the sunken place. Uh, my number five will be mentioned later <laughs> by someone else. Okay. Any tease? It's a wonderful movie with a lot of imagination. The and... Greatest Showman. That's right. <laughs> we'll talk about my number five when, oh. uh, when we meet up at Disneyland. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I when think we go to Best Buy and get GoPros. Twinsies over here. I think I think <laughs> I also have the same bed number five. Oh really? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so can we talk about it? I guess. No, well, no, because I think Reds is different mm-hmm. than what we've got. So mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way, guys. Hey gang, Scott here with a footnote. Everybody except Red picked the Florida Project as their number five film of the year. Okay, thanks. Bye. So then that brings us to number four, which I really liked. And again, is another recent watch. Um, I can't say too much except, um, let's see here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to tease this one. Uh, There's a drive-by cursing scene that's one of my favorite sequences. Oh, I know what this is. (laughs) Um, But I'm not going to say much more. So, Rick, what's your number four? My number four is a great movie that someone else <laughs> thought was even greater. Wow. Well, all uh, right. So maybe can we, we can skip to a different timeline to, to finally reveal this movie. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> uh, number four for me is Baby Driver. Oh, thank God. Wow. We can talk about the movie. Yeah. It, uh, man, I like Kevin it. Spacey's finest role of last year. Final. Final. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, how, how relieved was Edgar Wright when that news was revealed after the, like, the Blu-ray release? Yeah. It's yeah like, just oh, done. Shit. Everything's done in the books. Yeah. yeah. Good to go. This was actually my number 10. Oh, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I have a, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright. I'll have Me too. To, I'll have to watch this again. His worst movie, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair, but it's still. I still think it's great. Yeah, like yeah, it's his, his could be his worst movie, but I still really he enjoy makes really it. great movies. Yeah, I I loved every part of this. It, the The love story was a little contrived. That's really my only criticism. But they didn't explain why he was called Baby because it's not his actual name. No, but there's because it, it's a, a part of a song. Duh. It was entertaining. It was tense. <laughs> like the villains in this were like John Hamm and Jamie Fox were. Awesome, like they what, were menacing. Properly. What happened to John Berth- Berthal? He just he just fucked off. He's not actually a bad guy. 
Well, I mean, he, he said, went to be the Punisher. You're going to see me or he'll be dead. There's going to be a sequel, right? I think Universal wants a... F- yeah, a toddler driver. Big uh, old... F- Sony, I believe. <laughs> uh, sorry. They want a whole franchise out of this driver. So it sounds like Edgar Wright will probably Look, write a sequel, <laughs> but he may not uh, make it himself. Really? Well, I'm not quite as interested if he's not going to do it himself. Yeah, that, I, I'm curious to where a sequel would go. Yeah, that's a really good question. Especially because one of the things I didn't like about it was the way it ended. Wrapped up. And the way it ends kind of makes it difficult, in my opinion, for a sequel. But what I mean, would obviously, be, Edgar Wright is very What talented. would be cool is if it was like different styles of music in a different city with the same story or similar story, like another <coughs> another heist with another person, but, not oh. necessarily young male, mm. but like another person doing another heist. Well, so, so you mean like a, 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 a hot fuzz to a shot of a dead kind of thing. So part of a Cornetto Driver trilogy. Like Ooh. a spiritual sequel. Same similar themes, more like direct, like you know, but I with mean, a different cast and yeah, yeah. A is Ansel no uh, playing other. the car in this one, or like how is it related? I would rather it <laughs> it's would just all done to music exactly okay. the same. Well, way. I would rather you do a different kind of movie to music, right? Instead of a car chase movie, like, oh, instead of a heist. I would be down for that. I would rather have maybe a martial arts film or something else maybe like a science fiction something different not like use the same technique mm-hmm. right i'm gonna sync up an action movie to music just choose a new That's so a do another kind of action movie maybe like instead of a heist though yeah. do like you said a kung fu movie would be really cool i think yeah I, that could be good yeah yeah. Be good. yeah but but just too long didn't read I was super entertained by this. I loved how it was edited together. I liked the use of sound, and tinnitus was a fantastic little Yeah, playing touch. with the speakers, totally cool. So, man, it's just cool. Like, this, this it movie... It made me want to dust off my iPod. Yeah. yeah. Like, this movie came up as um, one of our options for best style of the year, and that's, I think, one solid reason that it's so high on my list. I just liked to watch this thing yeah, on the Yeah, it's screen. so smooth. Yeah. I think it was a... Runner up, I think it was the runner up, the best style. Yeah, I, I cut this from my list just because of Kevin Spacey, and it makes me feel weird just to watch him being a dick in this movie. And he apparently, was a dick to everybody on set, <laughs> according so to John Bernthal. He's just uh, actually a dick. Yeah, also, it, his, it all just feels weird. His character has a weird uh, change in motivation for no reason. Well, yeah, revolves, he's got a soft spot for a baby and well, Monsters Inc. Well, no, yes. he hates it. He hates it when you feed him lots <laughs> oh, yeah. Monsters Inc. Yeah, I, I, I liked. Baby Driver just fine. Um, I can't believe n- they got that Monsters Inc. joke. Yeah, it's good. Hey? It's, it's no hot <laughs> so, fuss. So though. what you're saying yeah. is Christopher Plummer would have made would have made this Baby Driver. Every, he makes everything yeah, better. Fair enough. My number four. Aren't they doing that? Like they're retroactively replacing Kevin Spacey with Christopher Plummer. I look forward to the usual suspects. Just control Plummer. Yeah, it's also being the, uh, directed by somebody American else. American Beauty. With <laughs> Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Control <laughs> C. Control B. P. <laughs> My number four is A Ghost Story, Ooh. which, Red, you just watched. I did. Then this is a really great film. Um, in your honor rolls, I suppose? Yeah. It, this would be an honorable mention, but I'm Agreed. not going to put this in my top ten. Um, it's def- You know what? I, one thing I have to say about A Ghost Story, it's not as slow as you were selling it to be. Um, it definitely does, however, reward patience. So um, there are times where you're short patience however is rewarded but um it was very touching and uh there's a pie eating sequence in in it's it's grief eating right where like a a woman is replacing 
like what would essentially be heaving sobs with with huge mouthfuls of of fresh apple pie. I totally didn't think that, that's. I thought that scene was like way over discussed. I it didn't seem like that big a deal to me. Like yeah, I know she just eats a pie. But if you, I mean, I was you'd watch the tears rolling down her face and like that you can everything about her, like you could feel the wrenching sadness i mean the scene in her chest it's hard to watch where like they kind of jump through time and one a, a random guy kind of tells you what the movie's about is kind of weird for me yeah that scene kind of is a deal breaker for some people and i feel like it only works because we've all met douchebags yeah, like that at everyone parties. has had that conversation and, it, and and it's used in in kind of an interesting way right because a ghost story has a lot of cosmic aspirations and it's about the passage of time throughout throughout almost endless unknowable lengths of time and how long you, you'd be willing to wait for somebody to get closure or to get the answers you want or for love all these you know big time it's does it a lot better than Interstellar does. Yeah, it's that's yeah. for sure. A ghost story kind of explains Interstellar, <laughs> Interstellar. And having this character drunk at a dinner table stoned or whatever you know talking about the infinite time of the universe and all this stuff and a lot of beethoven it it really works to sort of comment on the themes of the movie with without being too preachy i guess and it's one of the only parts in the movie with very much dialogue yeah the rest of it is it's pretty spare a lot of spare yeah it's it's sparse and empty and I, I loved it. There's there's nothing else this movie that was quite like a ghost story. And when I walked out of it, I, I maybe misinterpreted the ending. I don't know. In in my opinion, it worked on some time loop. Yeah. Which time is cyclical. Yeah. I, I guess in in my mind that loop was larger than I think what the director intended. Um, yeah, you had him going through I, uh, yeah, a in, longer in, loop. In, for in, sure. in my in my mind, I had like almost see, the entire my... universe restarting and stuff, and all sort like I I took it to an even greater length than I think maybe the director intends. Which that's that's what art is supposed to be, right? It's your emotional reaction. Yeah, and and, yeah. I, and I was wrecked by this movie by the end, and the the final shot and the payoff of the whole thing I thought was absolutely superb and perfect it's beautiful and it's like a, it's a great little short story that you know it it and it, very digestible when you say short story yeah. like this is it's 80 like, something it, minutes arrival right it there's a lot that you can say in a limited amount of time if you pack a really heartfelt and emotional you, message hone your your edge you know yeah if you if you're very concise yeah this movie Which is this movie does really special. Uh, I, I I still haven't shaken it out of my bones, really. So, ghost story, much less silly than you'd think. Yeah, not silly it's at not, all. Not silly at all. And you get to watch Rooney Mara eat a pie for apparently the first time in her entire first life and last. And then she's never eaten a pie before. No, no. That, that that's that was what she said, which yeah. I don't believe her. And if that's true, she's the weirdest person ever. Well, that's I mean, weird. you didn't know her background, right? 
you can tell. Of course, did she grow Mara. up in a in a bunker? No, that's her, like a New York one Giants. Of, one of her parents is the family that owns the New York Giants, and the other parent owns family owns like the Philadelphia Fly, uh, the Flyers. So should have eaten millions of pies. Yeah, <laughs> none. Never no. gold pies. No <laughs> pies Never made of eaten gold. Pies, pies made with diamonds and jewels. Uh, Red, what is your number three movie? My number three movie was so good that I have to put an exclamation mark on right, everything, but I can't. Down. I can't say it because somebody else liked it more. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> I got carried away. What? No. All right. Well, this is weird. <laughs> and uh, for my number three is the final time I'll have to say that it appears higher on someone else's list. Oh, okay. So no no hints. Oh, there's already been several You're hints You're going to freak out over this one? My number three is also has a three in its name. Billboards. Nice. Signs of Vengeance. What? Three billboard signs of vengeance. Tell them. That's like the international name for the movie. You should really what? listen to the review of that episode. Yeah. It's we talk act- about it for like no, a long time. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a way cooler. It's not <laughs> cooler. I like it so much more. That's awesome. Signs of vengeance. Sam Rockwell winning for this role is so, so sweet. Because it was, we we talked. I'm not going to go into too much not, detail. Not enough racist characters have won awards. <laughs> like, well, we talked about how he's such a fully no, realized yeah. person. Like, yeah, he learns his. He realized becomes fully realized in the film. Yeah, no, he's great. Like yeah. the growth of this guy is amazing. They're all good. Um, fuck. Yes, Sam like, Sam Rockwell's arc is probably the best out of any character from film this year right this the the transformation that he goes through is so detailed and layered amazing and, i i want to read like i want to see that character five years down the road like uh, being an awesome yeah, I, would say, I don't I w- think he's gonna make it that long <laughs> i would say this is the second best uh portrayal of a racist cop uh, after will smith and bright oh damn nicely done <laughs> nicely done uh what i appreciate about this film is just again the steps that it takes. Like, Woody Harrelson's character is great, and man, does that take a turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, unexpected, not, right? Th- this movie takes so many turns. It's not... A, th- a lot of people that don't like it, I think, are disappointed that it doesn't really resolve in a satisfying way. Like, you, you want this... Oh, my criticism some that closure. it almost... It teased that it would resolve in a satisfying yes. way, which I did not like. And then it didn't. Yeah. It, the, it reminds me a little bit of Cop Car at the end. Like... A lot. I mean, a couple people. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything here. But uh, <laughs> I really like this movie. This was my number four. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else about it. Like, we, just go listen to the review. It's yeah. we talk in great detail about it. And for if for no other reason, uh, watch this movie for Sam Rockwell or Franny McDormand. She's really good too. Like. Oh, the cast is so good. Yeah, I feel when like she drives by the news anchor <laughs> yeah, gives her and the... hears her saying that like this has brought the whole episode to and just unleashes at her. I I love it. It's so real and just <laughs> oh, what would you say? You would wi- you wish you could be as like outspoken as, as intense as Mildred. She, yeah, she I mean, she attacks with with uh, the 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 cursing but She's also says exactly what she needs to say. Like, you know, this isn't this, the end of shit. This is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah. She's America who can't take but, any more. But she's also, she's bullshit. can also be very reasonable. Like, 
uh, the scene with Woody Harrelson where she tur- oh, turns the, on a dime. The way like, that scene turns is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing, right? Three billboards. She, she calls the world him. Turns. He he coughs in her face. I think right. Yeah. And there's yeah. some butt. And he he calls. She calls him baby. And she's immediately taking, Care you know, him, yeah. sort of a motherly role over that, his. It, yeah, you said it. The way that that turns is mm-hmm. so many turns. So many turns. My number three film. Is on someone else's list. Oh, <laughs> man, this is gonna be a short. Uh, five through one. But uh, but this this one did a rewatch today. It is amazing. I want to maybe put a mark on someone's forehead here with a black ink or something. But oh, be careful though. Yeah. What? What? Are we? Are we on to number two already? We are. Oh my goodness! We have to s- skip around so much because <laughs> we all love each other's movies. You know what? It's a good thing that we skip around because now I get to tell you that my number two is something I'll have to talk about later. (laughs) Come on. Seriously. You son of a bitch. It's got to be somebody else's number one, I guess. That would make make sense. So, Rick, what's your number two? (laughs) My number two is the last movie I saw in theaters, and which is not even out yet in most places it's uh paul thomas anderson's phantom thread Ooh. yeah i have not had a chance to see this this yet. movie is incredible uh it's there's nothing like it it's so intense it's hilarious if you've ever been in love or cared for someone it has so much to say about relationships the fact that it's set in uh high fashion uh, england in the 1950s is just makes it so rich um I've never wanted to make a dress more in my life. <laughs> I uh, want to hide messages in dresses. Oh my is god! It, is it not happening just as like custom dressmaking would be like phasing out though? Like so? Yeah. Like- so um, it, uh, Daniel Day Lewis plays a really important uh, designer, and by the end of the movie, you can kind of tell that like the, what what we know of. I'm sorry. Am I boring you, Ray? Yes. Uh, what we can. What we sorry. That, that's <laughs> my point. This movie sounds boring. Well, you know, if we, we had seen it. more movies, maybe you could we could talk about it. <laughs> um, they do they do turn this up. I saw Phantom Thread as well. I really liked it. It didn't make my list, but it, they do ratchet up the. It it is more than just a stuffy romantic. Well, I w- film. I want to know, like the trailer. I don't think the no based really on what trailer. you're talking about. The trailer doesn't do this any justice. So I'm very. Curious. They del- like y- y- I, it's it's a very difficult movie to talk about okay. uh, without a, spoiling. I, I, not like even his... just about spoiling. Um, it's just um, so like the trailer. Like they don't want to tell you. It's very like acerbic, right? It's this movie is also hilarious. It is. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen. It's not obviously it's not a comedy, but like like the nature just... of relationships and stuff is just so hilarious. The way it sets up things, and um, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest movies have been. You know, some people have loved them, some people have hated them. This is like his most approachable movie in years. Uh, it's a, it All makes right. an interesting companion to Punch Rock, Punch Rock Love, which is also another movie about kind of twisted relationships. Yeah, um, mm. it's like it's incredible. Like it's so beautiful. It's rich. Um, there's so much going on. Uh, you know, it's like like the anti master <laughs> in a lot of ways. It's it's just a wonderful, beautiful movie, and uh, there's so many things going on. Can you explain that a little bit more, the anti-master? I'm curious. Because I do, I mean, I am kind of sold on seeing this movie. I'm so curious that so many people are, are so sort of, like, effusive about how good it is. And, and, and the, the, the content to me just doesn't seem... 
I don't know. I just don't get it. So you say the anti-master. I think the master is incredible, but it's a difficult movie to watch. It's mm-hmm. very laborious. It's to me, it's not uh, very approachable, right? Right. Uh, this movie is incredibly approachable if you've ever been in love, been in a relationship, cared for someone, right? Um, it's like if not, it's not difficult to watch. Like it's. It, it's, it's very it's a very it's very entertaining even though it is a lot like it is serious and i understand like if you watch the trailer you're like oh it looks like pretty fancy and like very like self-important it's not really like it's made that way and it has a very high production standard and stuff like that but yeah the movie's hilarious it uh, is a 50 shades of gray by way of an auteur high scale director though like it yeah, not like, to not to take anything away from it, but it it is like about life of a bachelor. Well, no, kind of, but more about a a it's relationship like the, that is very glitzy and glamorous on the surface, but underneath there's an element of of weird, twisted kinkiness that is happening. It's and, kind of about how deceptive relationships can be, right? How we can love each other so much at the same time we can't stand each other. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a really difficult movie to watch, uh, to, to talk about without sort of really getting into, like, having seen it. Yeah, and the themes to me boil down to a masculinity check, almost, and, and keeping the, uh, the, 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 the toxic masculinity of, of a relationship yeah. at bay, right? And, and what you do to keep men's, a man's ego, you know, to, without getting too far out of control, I guess. It, it's it, it's a strange... It ends in a very strange place, kind of like all Paul Thomas Anderson movies tend to. He he gets a bit quirky and weird towards the end of his movies, generally. Yeah, like, it's a totally different performance than, like, There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Like, Vicky Creeps is amazing. Like, she is just a much uh, the lead of this movie. And she, and she, this is the, the like, ongoing sort of love interest? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. The, the, the... Yeah, the... the and his the, sister... Leslie Manville, the other woman in oh, this, she's is, incredible. She plays Daniel Day Lewis. She throws so much His, shade in this movie. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> like, I will, I will wreck you. I will throw you down to the floor. You'll be fucking done. Like she, yeah, she shades her brother up, and it's it's awesome. This his movie. It could, it could have easily been my, been my number one. I kind of wish it came out earlier in the year, so I had more time to like think about it. Like, there's a lot to digest. It's. Hmm. Yeah, like, I can totally see how, uh, you know, more recent uh, Anderson movies have been... You could say boring. I don't necessarily think they're boring. This movie is, like, not that at all. Like, it still has a lot of his trademark uh, filmmaking ticks, but it's so, so approachable. Exquisite. Is yeah, a good one. it's beautifully made, hmm. too. Michael, uh, what's your number two? We're going to talk about my number two in the future future. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Same with me. My, my number two is... <laughs> my number two is going to get mentioned... Probably very soon, I suppose. In the next... In the next, like, maybe one second. What is your number one film of 2017? Well, uh, I know what somebody else's number one is, and it's awesome. But my number one is even more awesome, in my opinion. Okay, what do you got? What do you got? That's how the list works. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it is in numerical order. So... (laughs) <laughs> Blade Runner 2049 yeah, Future Future That's my, my number, number two It's my number two as well Yeah This movie um, I mean It was exactly what We were all waiting for I think And more I mean The the Deke As we like to call him Affectionately uh, Made this look spectacular As uh, usual Villeneuve uh, At the top of his game Doing uh, Doing great taking great pains to pay homage to uh, uh, something that so many people held so dearly 
Um, it's apparently, a, not, it's apparently not as right? many people as they thought held so dearly. Well, I mean, we have to be we have to be realistic and like talk, think about when people are are talking about how this movie didn't wasn't a commercial success. Like it just it cost too much. Money. Yeah, it did cost a lot, but the and the original one would have cost a lot too. But not as not a ton of people saw the original one either, and people that did see it didn't necessarily like it. It was a, it gained a cult following over years. So it's interesting because. That whole cult following all didn't necessarily, or did they all go to see twenty five? I'm, I'm, I'm just the only ones. It just wasn't yeah. that big. Maybe the cult wasn't very big. Those. Oh yeah, and this uh, whole time. I can't wait for Ridley Scott to take over the reins again. Oh, and- fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, this movie's a masterpiece. This movie is so bold and ballsy, and just it's great to see directors getting complete free reign on a movie. I'm going to make a two hour and 40 minute atmospheric mood piece. I would, I wish he had gotten a tiny bit less free reign. I know, I know, I know what you mean and I, and you're not wrong. I, I completely agree with you, but the fact that it is two hours and 43 minutes and the fact that it is so drawn out and purposely eye candy, and all all of those things that that one could call it boring or self indulgent and right. yeah this is this is the most beautiful movie perhaps ever made <laughs> i mean no no film to me has had this much of a budget put towards the sole purpose of making it look dope as fuck <laughs> seriously no no movie has ever been given that much of a blank check for just visuals alone the so, fact that it looked that good maintained all the mystery of the original yeah. and then added its own layer to that mystery. So all the idiots so from years past, I can't graceful. believe they're doing a sequel to Blade Runner 20. They're going to fuck it up. They're done going to shit all over the original. How can you answer these questions without ruining everything? Wow. Yeah. Denny Villeneuve was worried about people with a baseball bat uh, coming to get him uh, if he uh, fuck up the movie. <laughs> that's this horribly offensive accent. No, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, am I am I throwing some shade on? I mean, I mean your accent. It's just terribly racist, I guess. I don't know about racist. <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. <laughs> yeah, he was really worried about coming off as just a hack or fucking around with such a beloved property, and I feel like improved on the original in many ways with keeping all of the ambiguity intact, like dodging this minefield of fan expectations to, I think, exceed pretty much anyone who's a diehard Blade Runner fan. You can't... I'm, I mean, I can see why the people who got mad about Last Jedi felt like some of their fan expectations got betrayed. None of that happened in Blade Runner. I think every single piece of the lore and mythology got filed down and improved and sharpened and... Well, I mean, Ridley Scott thought it was too long. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, Ridley Fuck Scott, him. I think, might be uh, demented. How about you? How about you let Neil Blomkamp make Alien Covenant? Because y'all fucked that up. Yeah, quit being a whiny bitch, Mike. Sorry, was that <laughs> you? You 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 loved Blade Sexist. Runner twenty forty nine. I did. That was my second choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the most beautiful movie ever. I think uh, that. Okay, fine. Skyfall. Well, no, actually, I, th- <laughs> I think I like Last of the Mohicans. As okay. one of my most gorgeous looking films. Okay. Nice. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You, you've said it all. I can't. Like, I don't okay, I'm to, sorry. I don't have to. I'm sorry. I don't have to I'm add sorry. to that. I'm sorry. You, you covered it all. Okay, Rick. I know what Rick picked. 
dun, 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 my number dun, dun, dun. one is a little film called Lady Bird, mm. directed, written directed by Greta Gerwig, starring right. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. Saoirse. Saoirse Ronan. Uh, you know, I just love this film. Uh, I saw it at VIF. It's just wonderful. It's, it perfectly encapsulates sort of the experience of growing up in a very specific time, uh, right after the uh, millennium change. And it has all these things about class, society, being a teenage girl. And, you know, the way it captures one year uh, in your life and kind of leaves it off is just, I think, incredible. Like, to me, it's almost like a perfect mo- little movie. Nice. I'm, I haven't seen this yet, and that Same. annoys me that I have, have yet to see this film. Uh, it, it is perfect. I can't disagree for, for exactly what it is. Like, it's easily the best coming-of-age movie ever made about, like, a female-centered story like i can't think of any movie that does it more realistically and better than this one yeah and a lot of people like a lot of old white men say like oh yeah like i i'm obviously not i can't really identify that but you feel it because it's the way uh gerwig executes this personal story uh it's just so wonderful yeah sirsha is becoming someone to watch yeah, I love the fact, little details, like, she's, like, in her 20s, but she, like, totally believable, 17-year-old, they, uh... She doesn't they, age. She, she they, they did her makeup in a way, and they let her, like, grow, like, have bad skin, just to make her look like a teenager, and it's wonderful. Hmm. And, uh, you know, just hearing how this movie was made, how no one expected it to do anything, and how it just re- resonated with so many people is so wonderful. Uh, it's just one of my most enjoyable movie-going uh, experiences uh, last uh, of this year, I guess, last year. Nice. Well done. Not much to say. It's just I Well said. It. No, that, that was topping almost everybody's list. That's a great TLDR right there. What's your uh, number Mine is a, it's a small film. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. It's called Get Out. Oh. Um, okay. That's my number one of the year because it surprised the shit out of me and everyone yeah my for, number three yeah for how my number five for how good this thing is like it it touches it's incredible all, all the racist themes that like everything that's going on in the, in the united states it encapsulates that in this little microcosm film you, you don't usually see a movie about uh african-american racism but about like liberals and like quote-unquote good people right yeah you know we we voted for him and yeah. all of that stuff like that was so well done and honestly what I love so much about this film is I don't I don't I don't think that I'm a racist. I mean everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. That's what Avenue Q has told me. Oh, everyone's racist. Uh, yeah, but but it really helped me empathize and sympathize with uh the main character's plight. Like it, it showed that side of it in a way that I don't think another film has done very Amazing, well. Amazing, right? Like just the terror behind all of that in those situations. Fuck yeah, Jordan Peele. That's why it's social. Well done. S- social horror. It's yes. A new genre altogether, right? Let me put you in someone well, else's not, shoes, not, in someone else's brain. I don't know uh, if and, it's and, horror necessarily, though. Like, it's not so scary, like, well, gory no, or anything. Social, that's that's I, not what using, horror is. Yeah, it's using the, the conventions of horror filmmaking. I agree. It's yeah. not like the... But, like, it's like horror a satire, has nothing though. to do with it's, gore. It's satirizing, I think, like, other horror movies. So I would call it, and I've heard Peele himself refer to it as a social satire. However, I do see it as, Social satire, as elements of horror. Which is horrific. Like, yeah, it is a the, horror the definition movie. of yeah. horror, how you're just... You can satirize a genre of filmmaking and also be an entry into that. Sure, genre. yeah, sure. Like, t- 
like terror being the lead up and then once something's actually happened the horror that sticks with you like that's what this has I, uh, seeing how this goes movie. through even the title i love how it plays on like you're like don't go in that room or get out of the house like this the the characters in this movie especially the main character played by dan kudula does the things that you want all pe- characters yeah, yeah. like he go he makes sure people like are dead or capacity he like goes back right like he is a competent human yeah being. like he does things smart and still and gets into bad situations the people yelling at the screen he, he's listening there's no, yeah to. there's no one yelling at the screen in this one right well yeah. that oh. the title is get out but like it's riffing on the people yelling at the screen right exactly. like and again you were talking about split having a fantastic ending and a twist this also has a pretty oh, fantastic man. ending. Yeah, it's my it's my number ten. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Get Out is the most important movie of the year for sure. I'd love to see it win Best Picture, but um, I wish personally I wish it had more going on from a directing standpoint. But that's Jordan Peele. Just as his first movie, this is one and of the strongest debuts maybe ever. I wish it wasn't nominated in the musical or comedy. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, that whole combination category is bizarre. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny how that was uh, in the Golden Globes. That was a comedy, and Three Billboards was a drama. Yeah, yeah, they fucked. They, they fucked <laughs> that up. Like, I, I think uh, Three Billboards was a drama, but, uh, but if I had to pick one that was a comedy, I, I probably Three go with Billboards. The, yeah. You swap yeah. those, right? Uh, so I think there might have been some errors here. Uh, my number one. I'm going to get to, but we, th- there's, there's some mess ups here. Well, well, there's definitely my number two hasn't been mentioned and it depends what you say next. My number five hasn't been mentioned. Well, what, what is your number one? My number one movie is Dunkirk. Well, that was my number two. That was my number four. My number five was not mentioned at all. Well, yeah, the, the Florida project. Yeah. Yeah. And mother have not been mentioned. So this, Oh, th- that's th- also my number three. This list got slightly fucked up a little bit. So no I worries. Th- with, think- with any ties, I think something got messed up with the ties. So all of our number five picks, I think were Florida project, or at least the three of us, the three of oh, us. Oh, so that's, 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 that's why if you I have been weird. listening. I said we should have mentioned it. And someone said, yeah. no, well, yeah, I didn't <laughs> know what was going to happen. Exactly. I thought it was, I assumed be that it wasn't up higher on uh, reds list. Cause no. he that makes it. total sense. Cause you were just talking about how you didn't like it. Yeah. I never so, mentioned it because yeah. I don't, it's not on my list. <laughs> I, I don't think this is the best film of the year. I think it has the best ending of the year. Uh, it, Blew me away at VIF. This is on Florida a, Project right now? On a rewatch, Florida Project didn't quite do it as well for me. But I, I feel like this is the most human film of the year. Very real. And it feels like real, like a side of America that we don't get to ever see in, in such a beautiful way. And it balances all the hardships and, and, and beauty of life in, in, an, in a perfect way. Uh, all in the shadow of Disney World. The way it captures like childhood, like you know, kids are adaptable and uh, they don't really care about what they do and don't have. Yeah, they can have fun with what they've got. Yeah, and just it's th- that magic is just it's with the way it's portrayed on screen is I, I don't really think there's much like it. Yeah, and Green Goblin does a really good job of being an approachable <laughs> character. Yeah, like, Willem Dafoe for me is the best supporting actor. He, he's, winner, he's fantastic. In Sam Rockwell's great. I don't. No, I think it's. I, I don't argue that Defoe is present enough in the film to be best. He's great, but I mean, he doesn't do. He, I know. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't say it's an award-worthy and, turn. Yeah, like I, best I supporting would be maybe the mother or something like that because the movie's about uh, what's her name, uh, the kid. Yeah. Uh, what, um, but they're movie? both. Those, movie, those are the yeah. front runners for the award. Uh, is yeah. what I'm saying. At, sure. at the Oscars right now, there are two guys. Uh, Defoe is probably going to win. Rockwell might challenge. I I like Rockwell better as an actor. He's 
my hugest man crush at the moment. Oh, yeah. At the moment, is for he, sure. Is he vying for the I spot wish next I looked to Gyllenhaal as, in you know, as cool as he was. Yeah, I wish we got more Mark Strong this year. Well, he sings yeah, Country fuck, Roads fuck. and explodes, so you got you don't have him. His was the second best performance of Country Road in a movie fuck. last year. No, there was 12 <laughs> versions of Country Roads in 10 different movies. Yeah, the Florida With Project. Team and all of them. Um, the Florida Project is a great movie. Wasn't higher on my list because there are other movies like Dunker. I, yeah, better. I think five is a fairly solid choice for yeah. it. Yeah, but the other movie that we didn't get to talk about is Mother. Yes, Mother was my number three, as it was for me. Ah, and I rewatched this today. And it is so fucking great. You guys brace yourself for it, though? We braced... I braced my sink for we it. We braced the sink for this rewatch. Yeah. I love how much Darren Aronofsky is fucking around with the audience in this one. Like, he is stressing you out on purpose. He, if, Relentless, if, if, right? If you don't like your shit getting touched, this is the the worst movie ever made. It's the horror movie for... Very uncomfortable. For people with OCD or, or, or neat freaks. Right, it's people coming into your house and fucking your entire shit up, big time. Yeah, Red. I'm curious if you like the kind of relationship stuff in Mother. I think what you the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? Is that I don't remember relationship stuff. No, like the metaphor about the man and the woman. The rel- yes, the metaphor, sure. But the movie itself is bizarre and weird and features like a crazy guy with a fire gem in well, his bedroom. I'm Red, there are relationships in that movie. <laughs> That has some similar themes in uh, Phantom Thread. Obviously, it's not it's not a crazy movie that goes all out. So we're going to review Fra- Phantom Thread next week. That's, <laughs> that's I think what, is that what's happening? <laughs> wow, that's such a, to draw a connection there. I, I, you haven't seen I Mother Weirdness. I love Scott, the weirdness. Scott, am I wrong? Is there parallel themes? There is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. The, is it, the is idea, it fair to say, I, though, that the, the theme interests me less than the weirdness? The execution? Like the challenge of the film? Is what interests me with Mother, like that's why I put this on my list so high. Oh, that, the Phantom fact that Thread, there's lots of challenging. Things. Not as much as Mother. No, no, like, no, no. Mother, movie. Mother is among the craziest movies I've ever seen. Like and, you see Mother, and and what you just saw is not what the movie's about. Basically, like nothing that you saw is to be taken at face value, right? Like everything has another meaning. It's all um, an allegory for something else. Whereas Phantom Thread is a story about a dude who makes dresses. That Phantom Thread is not a movie about a dude who makes dresses. This is irrelevant. So that doesn't actually happen. In the no, movie? it happens, but that's not what the movie's about. Okay. I don't okay. think any. Okay, I, okay. I don't think any movie this year was as bold or unforgettable or creatively daring as Mother. Agreed. Phantom Thread can go fuck itself in this Even, department. I mean, we're oh, talking about yeah. Square and th- um, Killing of a Sacred Deer and everything. Like Mother, there there's several moments in that that are. Oh, the whole movie is like that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I, to to, to <laughs> which, think which that kind Par- of turned me off. To think that Paramount allowed Darren Aronofsky to get away with the shit that he gets away with in this movie is in general release mind-boggling. Yeah, to go to a theater, that. to go to a theater and see Why this. Did, this movie should not have been like wide released on its first weekend. Yeah, it was weird, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm obsessed with this movie. Notably, the whole crystal. And not to ruin anything, Michael, but you I got, know all about it already. You have yeah. to know you if you don't if. You can't read about this movie and know about it. The experience of going through it this kind of sounds like I no, can. No, you can't. This, this <laughs> my, 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 in my opinion, the craziest twist was in this movie, and it has to do with a certain actor showing up. Oh yeah, there is a really good actress. Uh, that, that, yeah. that that yeah. that that was the Publis- most ran- yeah, publicist. Yeah, right? yeah, that was the most crazy thing that I, in my opinion, happened. Yeah, I, the the way that this movie fucks with you 
especially with the sound design and stresses you out and the camera work oh, so stress. tight on so much stress. Jennifer Lawrence. You can read about this and, and the allegories and all of that, but I, I, I feel like I'm not sure I want to watch a movie to be stressed. Oh, it's so at stressful. Least lunch. At least once. At least once. Like you watch Sicario, right? Yeah. Once. This is not as gruesome or horrific as Sicario. There is like well, one moment Sic- of gu- Sicario is realistic where this is movies like you're watching it going, what is really what am I supposed to be yeah. like? What mm-hmm. are you te- saying right now? If if to me, this is the under the skin entry for 2017, Good right? Way of putting it a, a movie yeah, where the director is m- like miles ahead of you. They doesn't care if you are following along. They completely go for it. Yeah, completely go, like shooting for the moon. And if you can keep up with anything that they're trying to say fine completely irrelevant though and you aren't getting any answers right you get questions and you have to think about it and nothing's spelled out and especially towards the end when we get sort of this completion on this bizarre cycle of creation and inspiration and similar to phantom thread when when we have a muse what are we Willing, what is a creator willing to do to their muse? How much are they willing to destroy? Don't ever date what? a filmmaker, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Darren Aronofsky saying, every girl I date, I just fucking use up and abuse. And at the end of my... Di- Including the star of this movie. Yeah, just, yeah I'm going to divorce or dump whoever I'm with when the movie comes out on Blu-ray and I'm done the DVD commentary. There's, there's, You're there's, done. There's no way there's a commentary in this movie, right? That would be horrible. I don't know. But I don't know. We haven't done one yet. But, so. the, but Javier Bardem, <laughs> Javier Bardem in this movie says nothing is ever enough, right? As the creator, and and he's talking about inspiration and and drawing his inspiration to create, uh, and, and the consequences of that and what he destroys. It's insane. And I love just the beautiful poetic cycle coming to an end. It gives me a bit of a Southland Tales vibe. Where visually it makes sense, metaphorically it makes sense, literally, fuck it, hell no. <laughs> like you're not going to get any actual literal sense out of anything that's going on, but it just feels right. The things that are happening just feel right and perfect and everything falls into place literally on that mantelpiece. Uh, you stick that metaphor right on the shelf. <laughs> it's awesome. It's very nice. But number one is Dunkirk, Dunkirk for me. Dunkirk. My number two, Dunkirk. We're going Kirk. to Dunkirk. I mean, 400,000 men couldn't get home. Yeah, home came to them. It's uh, it's my number seven. It's my number four. So this is on everyone's list. I mean, what else can I say about this? I This is a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I rewatched this the other day to get ready for this, and uh, it held up perfectly. I don't care that there's no... It looked good on your phone. Yeah, put it on my uh, my iPod Nano. Yeah, in 70 millimeters. Literally 70. <laughs> Christopher Nolan had a heart attack. Yeah. Seven millimeters. I just, just watched knew. it on my Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah, Apple Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I I love this movie. I, I think it is it is a masterpiece. I've never, I've never wanted jam on toast more in my life. Yeah, I know. It's so delish, right? Some tea and jam on toast. 
the, the I'm not a big fan of Christopher Nolan. In fact, I kind of hated him as a director. I love how this movie has all his best and worst tendencies, but then uses them to all like the fact that there's not it's, any any women characters. There's a reason for that. Yeah, the whole time thing. Uh, there's like barely any dialogue, which he's not particularly good at. So he just, just says, "Forget it." But he just like. It, he uses all his thing, his, his tools in his tools box and just makes sort of the best version of all those things combined. The greatest hits of Christopher Nolan. Yeah. 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 I, and as a person who never liked his shit and really found him to be irritating and full of himself and really self-aware and his characters will often just spell out the entire plot and he'll have the rules explained to you 10 times so that you can He's really get... He's not great it. with exposition. Well, I feel like people always say that Christopher Nolan films are for really intelligent people, but they're they're really not. No, they're, they're for, for... The they're, opposite. They're, they're for, they're, like, regular uh, intelligent people to feel smart. Exactly. The, mo- the movie... Carefully explain yeah. everything to you, and this movie didn't do that, and I feel like Nolan is stepping into a new territory as a director. I'm really curious what he does next. More like Shyamalan a little bit this year. Year, where they're kind of leaving their film school bullshit behind and they're not out to blow your mind or kind of fuck with your head, man. They're becoming more mature and more interested in telling realistic stories that don't really have a, a clever hook necessarily, even though this the hook of does. Dunkirk, like as Rick's saying, it uses it to its best advantage. And I think that the three-part structure to Dunkirk, it does take away some cohesiveness. Yeah, that was from, my, that was my biggest complaint when we reviewed it from the movie. But I think the yeah the event does get a bit chopped up. Well, and it loses a lot of tension when you know that like characters are showing yeah, up. Like, yeah, showing up in the other timelines. But to 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 me. Nolan knew that this whole event kind of built up to a big crescendo and then ended on this big evacuation. And to tell it from three different perspectives and keep that tension consistent, he realized he has to cut between these three different timelines or else you kind of have more of a wedge shape versus just this sustained level of tension, which is this movie's probably going to be known for is the stopwatch begins as soon as the first shot fires mm-hmm. and the score Hans Zimmer's crushing it. Oh, it's yeah. It's- and it's just this ticking sound that lasts for almost the whole movie up until the the end when the dude's on the train and he puts his head against the window and he shuts his eyes and then you hear that ticking stop, stop. when he finally gets some shut eye. Uh, all of that is amazing. And, and, the, the cutting of those three timelines together for me works in a way to just sustain that level of tension throughout the whole movie as opposed to slowly build to this climax. And uh, like that's fine. My question here, just to challenge that a little, is did they need to be related? If you want to converge on this one, I think what Dunkirk is about is about this moment in time and this... But we don't have to be following the same, like, because there's all of that crossover and it we're converges con- we're together. We're converging on this and one special moment. And yeah. well, well, that doesn't necessarily add anything to the film. I, I think the fact that there's no real characters, that's why he did it that way, just so they could cross over and you could more easily identify. Whereas like, if you just had even more people who you didn't know, it would be harder. Well, yeah, well, okay, I agree with that. But it also, like, this is a huge evacuation and it doesn't feel that large because we're only following a couple of people that end up together. 
Well, I mean, in 70 millimeters, you see the, all those people on the <laughs> That's beach. True. Yeah. And, and you, you get to see that plane glide. Yeah. It's which is, so good. And he oh. pumps, when he pumps out those, like his, his landing gear, gear. His landing gear's broken and he has to pump it out manually. I do like And the, the fact- sun is going down <laughs> and you're just kind of getting some tears or whatever kind of dustiness level you want to get at. I, Nolan's never worked at that level, I don't think. And, and. That's fair. You know, I, I. This is some new territory for him. Yep, what, he leveled up. You know, that's my number one. Rick, did you have something? Looked like you were about to say something there. No, no, it's a great movie. Okay, that's our lists, everybody. I think this went okay. Went, yeah. I mean, minor, just a minor, just a minor. We'll, up there. we'll, we'll make up. sure not to rank yeah, the, have any similar rankings. Next the, t- time. the tie really fucked us up. So yeah, three way tie. Uh, I want to know what didn't make your list though. Quickly before we wrap. Do you have any honorable mentions? I'm surprised that one of the most acclaimed movies of the year, uh, Call Me By Your Name, didn't appear. That's didn't, on my... Didn't see it yet. That's on my uh, honorables. Uh, I, I I think it's great. It's just... It didn't touch me. It touched to a lot of uh, other people. Uh, it's, it's a lot of great things. That speech at the end. Oh, Michael Stuhlbarg. Can we just take a moment to... What a year. ...to talk about Shape how great water, Michael Stuhlbarg is? Yeah, Red, you saw him in Shape of Water. He plays the Russian spy character. Um, Spoiler. He's a doctor, I guess, I guess. an American doctor. He's a great actor, and he's crushing it every time. He He's in like eight movies a year. Yeah, he's good in the post, a yeah. small part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved Good Time by the Yeah, Staffy that's Brothers. on my honorable. Yeah. That was on a previous version of my top ten. I wasn't, I, like, thinking back when we were reviewing this, I wasn't super keen on this one, but it, it grew on me over time. Good Time? Good Time. It grew on me over Good Time. Okay. I have I have a ton. I also mentioned of, of, almost. Of, of, I've only got almost. one more that we didn't talk about, and that was Thor Ragnarok, just because I had a hell of a good time in the theater. Okay, so I, you, you too, Scott. Right? No, I wanted no, to mention that's a that. That's a dislike. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, I I I did not get <laughs> Logan Lucky on my list. I did not get Kong Skull Island on my list. Rick successfully talked me out. It's of a f- Kong Skull. It's a Island. fine movie. I think if you, especially for action movies and blockbusters, there were way better ones this year. Hmm. Fuck. Hmm. I would also. I also got Kong Skull Island squeezed off my list. I wanted to give it love, man. Me too. Samuel Jackson. There's too many characters in that movie. Who cares? When we're cutting back between Sam Jackson's smoldering stare down to Kong's stare down, I just love those two motherfuckers just squaring off. What's the name of that actor who's mostly in bad stuff all the time? Who, like in Kong, he was the guy that went off on his own and got eaten. Oh, Toby Kebbell. Yes, Toby Kebbell. He's Koba. Koba. He's in good stuff. Yeah. He's in that one good thing. He's in Fantastic Four, you're right. He's in Fantastic Four. He's in Warcraft. (laughs) He's in Clash no, of the you're Titans. Right. His, like, ba- his, yeah, he sucks. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I had a couple more. Uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, wanted to put that on my list. That I don't a great one. I don't think it cuts Horrible it. title. It really is doomed from the title. <laughs> yeah. I also really loved Lucky, starring Harry Dean Stanton, his final film role. That movie is awesome. David Lynch is actually an amazing actor. Oh, he's an incredible actor. I don't know if... Hmm. He's in enough movies. He's so good. Does he play anything different from his normal sort of weird? He's a weird fucking self. No. I, I, don't, no. I don't know who he is as a real person, so I can say. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, in every interview, he just plays that guy in yeah. movies. It's it's great. I don't think David Lynch exists, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> just he's just a persona. He's a character written by. Da- Wait, not David Lynch. Whatever his real name is, mm. we don't know. Are there any others, guys? Uh, I, War for the Planet of the Apes was a was one. Yeah. 
uh, Detroit. Mm. I can't believe no one else. Yeah, mentioned it Detroit. kind of has some issues towards the end, and yeah, yeah I problematic. It was right. Important in the same year as Get Out. I really liked uh, the Lost City of Zed mm-hmm. uh, by James Gray. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, was a mention. Beautiful. Uh, took a really interesting historical tale and, and the way it unfolded. Red doesn't like it. Well, yeah, it's not accurate, and it, I didn't <laughs> I, well, like Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> yeah, okay. All. We've but, been I mean, through this. Yeah. Accuracy doesn't matter because yeah, that's, that's peripheral. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie. There are a lot of really accurate, terrible movies. It's called a movie. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, fair enough. But I just I mean, have you seen Armageddon? I can't get by. What I like if, if can't get past Charlie Hunnam. I don't know what it is about. Oh, the guy. I, that's, that's I do not care. I think this is this is probably the only movie I like thought he was good in. I think he's really good in yeah. it. Yeah, uh, the Post. Uh, I know it's uh, being someone who used to be a journalist, full of journalism porn, pornography. Uh, I mean, it's as it's Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep. They're just great. Uh, really interesting topic matter. Uh, it it has faded in my memory since watching it. Um, Bruce Greenwood in this as well. Yeah, he plays Robert McNamara. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. It's, it's funny because he's played Kennedy and Robert McNamara. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's hilarious. That's true. Yeah, the post is fine. Um, Spider Man Homecoming. Sp- Spider Man Homecoming is a really nice one. That's yeah, another one of my most favorite. It's a really experience. nice one. So much fun. Uh, thank you guys. This has been great. Uh, next week we don't know what we're reviewing. It might be Phantom Thread if Rick gets his way. I'm, I'm looks, cool. no, twelve I mean, strong. Denethies. Looks like we're starting to convince Red over there. Maybe right. I'm just the, it, the question mark has grown in my mind. I'm Red. You may hate it still, but <laughs> I feel like y- y- I doubt that I would hate it. Like I'm sure that I would appreciate it for. It sounds like it's a it's a very well crafted and. Oh, yeah. and I mean, I have no it's, interest it's, in dressmaking. I I love I it now. Know. You went to the bridal convention. I saw your photos. They were nice photos. You don't go there to make dresses. Yeah, like... <laughs> check them out. Maybe put a couple on. Who knows? Fair enough. It's a fancy party. That's true. That, <laughs> yeah, yep. we're, we might check this one out. It might be Proud Mary. Who knows? Might be Southland. Okay, I would rather... Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, Not where, a lot coming out in January. Where can no. we find you guys on the internet? Um, can we do that? You could find me at uh, on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. Nice. Uh, rickchung.com yvrk.com at those handles as well ooh I'm at Michael Arlind on Twitter okay at Scott Wilson BC with two L's at Vertical Viewing is where you can find us on Twitter Facebook the Vertical Viewing Podcast don't go to Instagram because it's shadow banned I guess well, the, the only way to see it is I'm to sure, go there I'm yeah. sure keeping mentioning please go help. to Instagram try it <laughs> Vertical us, Viewing what, at gmail.com unbanned yeah Vertical Viewing at gmail.com let us know what you think on iTunes Google Play Give us a five-star review. Send us your top 10 of yeah, 2017. Yeah, please. Give us a recipe if you want as well. I mean, that's always fun. I will say this about Phantom Thread. Really love the uh, the, the food in that movie. There's some... F- oh, it's delish. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's some rich-ass motherfucking... Did it make you really decadent, decadent uh, oh, delights? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can go to our website. It's verticalviewing.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes. And, of course, the donate button... It's also there. Yeah, that helps you get into a short-term relationship with our with our podcast. Please press it. Offset the cost of putting on the show, renting out a piece of the internet, sticking it in your ear every week. Although, when we say short-term, you can continue to listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's just a one-night stand. If you want to donate once... Please, please listen. Long-term, though... Yeah, please listen. Please, we beg you. <laughs> uh, long-term relationships, you can head on over to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. You can. Click on the... 
one, two, or three dollar per month subscription. If you're going over two bucks, though, you can tell us you can what get in the driver's seat, right? Well, what you do two and up. You can order us around. Yeah, let us know. No film set for January yet. Please tell us what we're reviewing. Yeah, think about on recommending Southland Tales. This is, this is Tales. the time to do it. Yeah, this is it. Time we're gonna pick our own movie. Well, if you don't do the it. Patron suggestions have been fantastic at this point. So we come on, curated guys. a good bunch of people on there. So, uh, are there any final thoughts from anyone here? What's going on? I thought it was no? a pretty good year in movies. Mike didn't. I thought it was okay. Well, he didn't see a lot of them. Yeah, it's true. I didn't get a chance to see all, yeah, they, <laughs> all the good ones. Came out. It was, it was a like, it was a great uh, late of December to January movies. It was spread thin <laughs> for me, but uh, I think like the yeah. stuff that was like five to ten could easily be interchangeable like to my ten to mm-hmm. twenty. Yeah. but I would say the top like top core I think were phenomenal. Were they were they vertical red or or what? Well, this list was. Vertical.